survives is of the bottom of the tree is secure, securely planted and stands firm. We see the top of the tree and we make judgment calls about it and we forget the necessity of looking at the bottom of the tree and seeing the roots that need to be there that draw the nourishment that sustains the life of the tree that is above the ground. I'm saying that to say that it's as in the Christian life. But we see what we observe is the top of the tree. I'm looking at you. I had to make judgments based upon what I see you doing or the way yet you act and so on and so forth. And forget at times we need to look below that surface and to see where the roots really are. And if we have the roots where they need to be, then indeed we can be the people that God would want us to be. But to have those roots, it takes time, and a lot of it is done unseen. To have the firm foundation, to have the root system, it is done unseen. In other words, it is what you do on yourself, by yourself, and with God's Word. Are you building that foundation that indeed will be solid? Christ is to dwell in our hearts through faith. Paul, as he writes to the Ephesians, spends a great deal in, a great deal of time trying to encourage them in a life that they ought to live. And as I often say when they ask somebody asks me, what's your favorite book? It's one I'm in at the present time. Right now it's Ephesians. Ephesians is a tremendous book to read through, tremendous book to study, <laughs> and a hard book to live. It takes a different life if we decide to walk the way that God would have us to walk. We're looking at Ephesians chapter 3, starting in verse 14 and following. For this reason I bow my knees to the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, from whom the whole family in heaven and earth is named, that he would grant you, according to the riches of his glory, to be strengthened with might through His Spirit in the inner man, that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith, that you, being rooted and grounded in love, may be able to comprehend with all the saints what is the width and the length and the depth and the height and to know the love of Christ, which passes knowledge, that you may be filled with all the fullness of God. Now to Him, who is able to do exceedingly abundantly above all that we ask or think, according to the power that works in us, to Him be the glory in the church by Christ Jesus, to all generations, forever and ever. Amen. Powerful verses for us to read and to comprehend, to remind ourselves that you might comprehend with all the saints what is the width, the length, the depth, and the height of that love of Christ. Find out as we live our lives that 
re, we really only scratch the surface. The longer we live, we pick up bits and pieces, we grow in, in our understanding, but to fully comprehend that love of Christ, it is beyond our comprehension. And it's beautiful in the fact that the more we learn, the more we love. And the more we love, the more we want to serve. The more we want to serve, the more we're blessed. But it's a growth process. We want to have the roots that are deep in God's Word. To have that trust in God. And that's the reminder that comes down through us through our lives as we live from day to day. It's understanding or striving to understand God, Christ, the Spirit, the Word, the body of Christ, the spiritual body of Christ, heaven, eternity, bliss. And we struggle as we walk through this life. Wherever we are in the physical realm, for example, we may think that we have an understanding of what's involved in it, What's involved in living life, and then we learn as we grow along. It's always interesting to hear different ones talk to others. I remember hearing a, a fifth grader talking to a third grader about what the third grade was like. The fifth grader knew because, see, he's already been through the third grade. So he knew all the answers that needed to be given. Did he really? Uh I mean, that's us up and down the line. <laughs> you just take us on up to, oh, I've got it figured out now. And then you find out, do I really have it figured out? Do I have an understanding of that love of God? The depths of it in, in, in the lives of each one of us? Do I have an understanding of how he's working and where he is in your life and where he is in my life? And how he's working things together for his purpose and for his glory? And again, that Verse 20, now to him who is able to do exceedingly, abundantly, above all that we ask or think, according to the power that works in us. You catch all of that? The power of God working in us. That he is able to do exceedingly abundantly. Above all that we ask or think. We had that tendency at times to see what we do not have. We had that tendency at times to compare ourselves with ourselves or compare ourselves with those congregations that we have association with. We have a tendency to compare ourselves to previous generations and we think about things that they've done and things that they accomplished and we forget reread the verse of what God is able to do in us not those of the 50s and the 60s not those of two or three generations or centuries ago not those of the first century He's able to do exceedingly abundantly in us. And so we are to allow Christ to dwell in our hearts. 
If he's going to dwell there, what? That takes a determination. He's not going to force himself into your heart, into your life. You're going to have to invite him in. And inviting him in is more than simply saying, Lord Jesus, come into my heart. (laughs) Fill me with your love and your mercy and your grace. It's through his word that he's going to work and accomplish his purpose along the way. Paul would talk about, had talked about his apostleship to the Gentiles, even with its tribulations, but that it was a gift to him through the wonderful grace of God back in chapter 3 of Ephesians in verses 2 through 7. But his apostleship was a gift from God, but it also had tribulations in it. Hmm. Which one of you enjoy tribulations? Which one of you begs for them? Lord, give me some. I do not have enough of them. But we forget. What do we do in when we are facing or when we are in tribulations? What do we turn? Hmm. Look up. We draw closer to God. We realize we're not able by our own strength to face those or to encounter those. Uh, don't know how things work or how people respond. And ours is trusting God. We go through the trials, the tribulations, the ups and the downs, the discouragements. And ours is to keep a faith in God. To believe again, Ephesians 3 and verse 20. He's working. He's working in us in a mighty way. We simply do not see it. And again, it's hard for us because, again, we do not have the privilege of as the movie will come up again in, in a couple of months about it's a wonderful life. We don't have that privilege of seeing what would our life be like if we have not, had not lived. And as you call the movie, because they show it all the time, as he wrestled with that, and as he had that opportunity to, to go back to his town, to be in the town where he had not had his existence, of what it was like. See, his life did not affect only him. It affected other people. It affected a whole community. We may not see that in our life, but we need to have an understanding that our life has an impact on other people. And it makes a difference to look out and to see to be able to recall incidents and statements and comments that have been made, the strength that has been given, the encouragement that has been given, changes the life. And we need that. We need to be reminded of that. And that's what the scriptures are doing for us to try to help us along the way to do the things that were what God would have us pleased with. Paul's purpose was to preach among the Gentiles what? The unsearchable riches of of Christ. We don't have that privilege at times. Again, we do not see the end results. 
And it's amazing to me, again, to go back and to pick out a time in your life and just spend a little time there, going through some things and remembering people you come in contact with and what they did or what they said and how it unfolded in lives down the way. Many of, many of us are doing things because we were encouraged by somebody else. You can do that. You can do that. And we've gone on to do those things. Many of us have lived life and, and chosen one area of, of living our lives or of serving God or working. And then for one reason or another, didn't work out and we moved into another area. Then that one's worked out. Sometimes we got moved, job transfers and whatever else it is along the way that takes place. And we get to be reminded of it in the life that we live. Little reminders here and there. Little statements that take place. Recently I received a package at the door. And I have some in the household who order things and they're delivered by various carriers. And the package came in and I picked it up, brought it in the house. I looked at it and said, well, it's not for her. It's not for the other her. Not for the him. The package was addressed to a person who lived down the street whose address was 1021. And the package was delivered to 1012. And uh, the carrier doesn't matter. He just drops it off at the house. He leaves. And so, uh, and, and wonderful things about trying to locate the carrier and what company it was and you call them and you get this automatic system and you go through it and they said give me this number or this number and or say you need help finding this number and can't find the number they're looking for said if you cannot find the number we cannot help you Uh, but there was a telephone number on on the package of the owner that was to receive the package so I called the owner and I had to explain who I was leave a message uh, and Owner can't call back. And I'm saying all that to get to the point of saying, <clears throat> we discussed w- what I had and what it was. And she was telling me, I said, the package is from Southwest Airlines. And she says, well, I know what it is. Uh, she has recently sold the house and has moved. She said, I know what it is. It's my retirement gift or whatever it is from Southwest Airlines. And I said, well, I sort of figured that out says Southwest Airlines on it, and you have sold your house and moved, and that you, that you probably either retired voluntarily or got to retire early. Whatever, what the comment was, I'm grateful that it was delivered to your house and not to somebody else's because you were kind enough to call me and, and to make the offer along the, along the way. And... Uh, so she thanked me for it and said, we'd make arrangements. She said she'd call around and she's going to have somebody come and pick it up at my house because she don't want me to be put out to take it to somebody else's house. Uh, and anyway, the comment was, so oh, thank you for being so kind and so considerate of taking care of this issue. You touch lives in ways that you don't know. Where it goes, who knows? But I'm simply saying... You look at lives and those little 
side incidents along the way make a difference and uh, brighten her day, so it brightened my day, and who knows where it can go from there. I'm simply saying God works in his way, and we need to have a trust in him. Uh, Paul was praying that the Ephesians could have a bold access, have boldness and an access with confidence through faith in Christ, in verse 12. With boldness, have access with confidence. I love how God works, and I love how He expresses how He works. And as you read and study His Word, you've got to catch some of those phrases that He uses. Here is one of them that you can have boldness, and you can have confidence through faith in Christ Jesus. Boldness. You ever thought about that? You are a vapor that appears for a little while and then you vanish away. You're one, and I do not know what a, what a number would be for the population of the world from Adam and Eve down to the present day. Uh, we're talking about a couple, nine, seven, nine billion people now, so how many have been down through time? But all of that, God is saying through his word that of all the billions of people that have lived on the face of this earth, you matter to God. And he wants you to know that you have boldness in approaching him with your request. He's concerned about what you are going through. He's already aware of that, but you have that bold access to him to lay that request before him. And then to know that he will work that. He works it out mightily in your life. And again, we don't see a lot of that. And a lot of times, it's after the fact. We look back and say, how did I ever get through that? It's like the old saying or the old poem that's been out is still circulates periodically, footprints in the sand. Guy looking at his life or the person looking at his life and said, all the way through my life, I see two sets of footprints through this, in the sand, one for the Lord and one for me. But he said, at the times of my deepest trials and troubles in life, there was only one set of footprints in the sand. And he said, why? Why did you leave me my darkest hours? And the Lord said, those were the times I carried you. Those were the times I carried you. Your darkest hours is a time when the Lord is the nearest to you because he knows you. You are a child of his. And he is concerned about you. And he gives you the strength that you're not aware of that you are receiving. He gives you the help that you need that you're not aware of that you need. And he gives you that perspective. He puts somebody there to help you at a, at a given time. How many times have I talked to individuals? You've talked to individuals because you call them on the spur of the moment because you were thinking about them. And then you hear, thank you. Thank you for calling. I really needed that. 
I was needing to talk to somebody. Thank you for reaching out. Uh, that's what life's about. What God gives, and he gives it abundantly, generously, above reproach, pressed down, overflowing. And we need to see our lives in that light, wherever we are in life, to see the blessings that God has given and has bestowed upon us. We have salvation by grace through faith. It is by the grace of God. But it is by our faith in God's grace we have salvation. We do understand it. And at times I do not think we do understand it. What it means to have salvation by grace in Christ Jesus our Lord. We read scriptures that deal with the eternal damnation. read scriptures that deal with the eternal reward. We catch meanings of that along the way. We look at our lives, and of course, every single one of us thinks we're absolutely perfect and make no mistakes along the way, got it all figured out. And sometimes we cry, God, why? Why do you still love me? As Israel of old, how many times did I stumble and fall? How many times did I, in his presence, in his courts, Stumble and fall. Make statements. Do things that I knew are wrong. And his love is still there. The restoration, the renewal, the help that he extends to us in order that we could have that salvation that is there. That we can become fellow heirs of the same body and partakers of his promises. The promises are tremendous. Promises give strength. Promises give hope. Promises of God that I'm with you, each step that you take gives strength. Promises that he will reward eternally gives hope. You be faithful unto death, and I'll give you a crown of life. That's hope. There is no temptation taken you but such as is common to man. And with every temptation, God will provide a way of escape. It's a promise. It gives hope. That as I face those, he gives hope. That he will not, and again, I love that promise, that he will not allow us to be tempted above what we're able to bear. And I've often, as I read that, I am reminded in myself and need to remind others along the way as well. Do you catch that? Do you catch that promise that God has given? We worry about what's going on politically. We worry about what's going on socially. We worry about what's going on economically. We worry about a host of things. We worry about how it's all going to work together, how it's going to work out, and what's going to happen to us individually, what's going to happen to us collectively. And we forget that promise that God gave. Whatever it is, he has promised you, it will not overcome you. It will not. I will not allow you to be tempted above what you're able to bear. Will not. Promise. Staunch promise. 
but with every temptation, will provide that way of escape. There is a way. Oftentimes, again, as we talked before, the way of escape is not going that way. That's where I'm headed. The way of escape is retreating, moving in a different direction. The way of escape is sometimes sidestepping, moving around and coming out at it from a different point of view. Whatever it is, God provides that way. But I look for it. He gives me, he gives me his directions here, gives me his help along the way. And as I read his word that so many times, I get it. What am I going through that you're not? We face the same trials, same tribulations. We all need each other. We need to encourage one another. So what is it? We're his children. And he's made those promises to us. So we need to spend that time petitioning God as he works within our lives. That you be strengthened by the Spirit of God, verse 16 and 17. Strengthened by the Spirit of God. Remember children, or your children when they were small, and sometimes we can remember that. We reach that age, two, two and a half, three, wherever it is down the line. Me do it. I'm going to me do it. I can do it. I, don't, I do not think that ever leaves us. <laughs> we, we still do that, do we not? Oh, well, I can do that. Now, that's, I can do that. And do not have a clue what's involved and do not have a clue what's being done to help us be able to do that. But we think we can. Do we trust God? It was strengthened with the Spirit of God. To help us in this life that we live. That's our petition along the way. To comprehend that love of God beyond comprehension. And to know, again, it makes a difference. I've talked with individuals. I've spent time with individuals who have lost all hope. I mean all hope. They're just devastated. And they're beat down. And they give up. That is not applicable to the child of God. Cannot get beat down, overwhelmed, and give up. It's not there. Because God gives you the strength. He gives you what you need. As a child of God, we do look up. As a child looks up to the parents. You know, when everything goes wrong, the child runs to the parents. Uh, you know, there's something about holding on to daddy's hand that makes a difference. Uh, well, we are to hold on to our father's hand. I'm not going to use the uh, familiar term for that, but we hold on to our father's hand. He's our heavenly father. And he will protect. And how? I don't know. I know he will. It's not up to me to figure out the How? <laughs> Mine is to know that it does. He works his will. Mine is to trust him along that way. That we might be filled with the fullness of God. Filled with the fullness of God. That changes life. Paul said, if any man is in Christ, he is a new creation. 
Old things have passed away. Behold, all things have become new. You are a new creation. And not that they can talk, but as far as I know, I have not read of, because I had observed them all, but I have not read of a butterfly that was trying to crawl back into the cocoon because he liked being the caterpillar. You ever read anything like that? The butterfly is free. There was a transformation. The caterpillar transformed into a new creation, a butterfly. And then when set free, flew. Did not go back and sit on the cocoon and said, mm, boy, I sure wish for the good old days, crawling on the earth and whatever else involved. Why would we want to do that? You know what you gave up when you became a Christian? A life that led to death. You regret that? If you do not regret giving up a life that leads to spiritual death, why do we long to engage in those activities that lead to spiritual death? The old has passed away. Behold, all has become new. Have this new life. The fullness of God to be who he would want us to be. And again, to glorify God for what he's able to do. Able to do exceedingly abundantly above all that we ask or think according to the power that works within us. Spend some time with that passage. Dwell on it. Meditate on it. Look at what he's saying. The whole book of Ephesians is good. The third chapter is good. But verse 20 is tremendous. Spend some time with it. See what it is. He is able to do exceedingly abundantly. Do you believe that? He can take you, make you into the vessel of his choosing. Not my choosing, but a vessel of his choosing. He puts you where he wants you to be. 1 Corinthians 12, verse 18. God places us in, places us in the body just as it pleased him. So the little toe says, I don't, do not like being a little toe. I want to be the foot. And because I'm not the foot, I'm not going to do my job. Read chapter 12 of 1 Corinthians. I, you read that, I mean, it's just like, you, it's comical in a way. And then you realize, you know, who's he talking about? <laughs> He's talking about you and me. <laughs> do we do that? Well, because I'm not able to do this, I can't do anything for the Lord. God puts you in the body where he wants you in the body. Does that make you feel special? God has you where he wants you to be. And since he has you where he wants you to be, you serve where he has placed you. You're not saying because I'm not this, I'm not a part of the body. You are a part of the body. And we have need of one another. The body doesn't function without, without all the members. And again, the illustration, he said, if the body was a gigantic eyeball, where would the hearing be? And again, I, I, this, you don't see some humor in the Bible once in a while, you're missing some things. Uh, 
You just think about a gigantic eyeball rolling down the road. Is that the body? That's not the body. We're not an individual member rolling around by ourselves. Uh, it doesn't work. It does not work that way. Ours is to trust God. He has given promises to us here in Ephesians. There are tremendous promises that we have, and we're to glorify God and all that we do in the body of Christ. The choice is always ours to look at our lives, to consider what God has done, what God is doing, what God is capable of doing, and what God will do with us. Human beings, redeemed by the blood of the Lamb, placed in a body that is spiritual, leading us together towards an eternal home one day in heaven. Are you a part of that body? Are you surrendering in that body to the head, doing the will of the Father? If not, we need to make a change in our lives. If we could assist you, if we could help you in any way in doing that, then indeed we bid you to come as together we stand and sing. Far away from God, now.